It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Late start. We got our whole crew in Philly, so um, we had to wait for them to find their spots, but I'm glad that they did, and I'm glad you guys waited up with us um, for... Wow. Pretty pretty phenomenal game, right? Yeah. I mean, this we're, our show was kind of like Tatum. It took us a minute to get going, but we're ready. We're jacked. We're going to make plays. You, you just knew it was going to happen, right? <laughs> it, was, it was either going to be Tatum or Smart, right? Right. Well, yeah, because I think, I mean, Jalen had pretty much emptied the clip the first three quarters. I just didn't think that he still had that extra gear he could shift into the carry and the victory. And Tatum, let's be honest, he was due. I mean, you look at his numbers, end of the night, he was three for 11, and he hit that one big three-pointer that put him up 80 to 78. And from that point on, it became Tatum's game. Uh, he, he did exactly what guys who are supposed to be top-tier talent in the NBA are supposed to do. A nice where you can't do a damn thing right. If you're within striking distance, you make teams pay. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot to talk about here tonight. Like quite a bit. Yeah. I, I want to crunch some I want to I'd like to crunch numbers a little bit more just in terms of lineups and what they did. It was an interesting game just in terms of the swings. Um, you know, uh, the Celtics went ice cold. Philly took a big lead. I couldn't get a bucket down 15, swung it all the way to basically like a nine-point lead, did so on the strength of a Derek White lineup with Tatum on the bench into that fourth quarter, too, and you were able to sustain it. And then Ime made the decision to go back to the starters for the last five, six that minutes. That was not Ime. Ime didn't make that decision, I John. I am <laughs> that, rusty. Ime would love to make that decision. Ime would, would give quite a bit to make Ime, that decision. Ime loves that double-big lineup. <laughs> Joe goes back to his double-bigs which isn't really his binky per se, okay? Joe has not been for- Joe has not been forged from the fires of double right. big dominance the same way Ime was and the Celtic success was last year. Right. It was thrust upon him. It was you know, the analytics clearly say, "Hey, this is a good lineup. It dominated the NBA last year. When healthy, you got to run with it." So he's kind of sort of running with it, but it's a second straight second half coming out of the break with the fully healthy lineup where those guys came out and looked like dog, you know what? Um, and they pissed away a lead against the Pacers in the third quarter of last game, made it competitive all the way through and absolutely let Philly, Philly run away from them uh, there in the, in the beginning of that third quarter as well. So it didn't look great. The decision to go to it late was a little curious and I was yeah. worried about it when he did it, you know, and it worked out and they, they got what they needed um, out of it. That Derek White was playing so well, removing him just seems strange. Forget about tonight. 
this is going to be a story that goes on into the future. The, the better Derek White plays and the more he's able to do and the more he's able to create and the more he impacts the game in the many ways he's currently impacting the game, the more it's going to be hard to not – if you're going to insist on putting big bodies out there, it's hard to keep him off the court, which means someone's going to come off the court and that someone's going to be Marcus Smart. And it's a conversation that's going to be had – if if you're gonna keep, because again, you didn't go Robin L. You went Robin Grant. You went Alan Grant late. So you're keeping that extra kind of bigger body there, and it could be matchup specific. There could be nights where they go single. We'll see how it goes, and I think he will play around with it because Grant played the significant minutes tonight after playing six last game. So it's good that Joe's not gonna lock into one lineup only. It's just gonna be hard to keep Derek White out of that closing lineup if he's playing that well. Regardless, you got to find a, a, a spot for him in there. Yeah, yeah, but the, the, the one thing I, I will say, I, I think tonight it was a little bit more matchup specific because with Joel Embiid on the floor, you've got to have multiple bigs on the floor who can switch out because they're gonna they're going to get switched out on. Uh, so I, I think it was a little bit more specific. But if you look at the final totally, numbers, you have to, you have yeah, to. Yeah. When you look at the final numbers though, in terms of minutes played, I mean, Marcus Smart played twenty six minutes, Derek White played twenty five, and yep. I think we're going to see a lot of nights where their minutes are going to be pretty much interchangeable just depending on who has it going more that particular night. But when you talk about scoring the ball, uh, Derek White is in a great rhythm right now in terms of what he can do. And to me, I think the really special thing for the Celtics is that he's getting you points and it's coming in the flow of the offense without necessarily plays being called for him to score. He's just reading and reacting to what the defense is doing and making them pay when they don't give him the kind of attention that his scoring of late should deserves. Yeah. And, and that's the thing is he's doing so much he's creating on his own, which is just something that you just can't uh, I wouldn't say it's just it's such an important thing when you know especially at times when the offense stagnates when you do have because now you've got Brown, Tatum, uh, Brogdon's able to create on his own and Derek White as well. It just does so much for the offense where when you do see those double big lineups, it is really difficult. Again, when Marcus isn't hitting his shots and you do have, um, you know, and, and, and I'm going to spend at least 20, 30 minutes on Rob Williams' baseline jumper to end the half. But, John, we've been, was, we've been begging for that shot. Begging yeah. for that shot. And, not, not, and, and the thing about it is that it's not like it's a shot that's out of his wheelhouse. It's literally a shot that if you go to a Celtics practice and you watch Rob work on his offensive game, you're going to see him shoot that shot. If he shoots it 10 times, he typically makes it like seven, eight, nine times. And you're and when we get to games and we see him matched up with guys like Joel, who does not like to go outside the paint, you're thinking that's the shot uh, that you absolutely want to see him take more of. Uh, because one, it's within his range, and two, in certain matchups, he's going to get that shot and it's going to be relatively open. Like tonight, he had a couple of those shots tonight, which, uh, again, I, I think we need to see more of that from Rob going forward because it is, it's it's not like we're asking him to do something that he does not have the skill set to do. Yep, yep, you want to see it. Um, so, again, I'll, I'll, I'll let you pick and choose. There's a lot we're going to talk about. We're going to wait for Bobby and Josue to jump on here for sure uh, and get their takes as well. Uh, we're going to talk about just the interesting lineups and the rotations that Joe is playing. It's a second game. You don't play Muscala at all. Hauser, right. who was so big in the, in the game before, didn't play tonight. And as you said, big bodies being able to throw throw some beef at Embiid is super important. Having Grant in there, I think, mattered. And I think that's why you went double big as much as you mm -hmm. did tonight. And it makes sense. It makes sense. Um, but uh, you've got Tatum. 
Um, second straight struggle game he struggled against Philly. He's had some rough games recently if you match it up against better competition. Uh, and so that's going to be something you want to talk about and look at. Um, you know, Jalen Brown, money there in the uh, in that little stretch, the non-Tatum minutes, those always worry me, those non-Tatum early fourth quarter minutes. Mm-hmm. And uh, Brown took put it into another gear, made that phenomenal pass to Robin transition, uh, then comes up with a steal on that next possession. He was terrific there. And just the just the continued play of White, like we said, we're going to keep talking about. I, and again, Rob, we talked about the baseline jumper. I do want to talk about it. I also thought it was one of his kind of springier games. I thought he was more active. You're still not seeing full verticality, and he's not challenging shots as much as you would like to see. Um They've missed him on a few lobs, so I'm not going to say he's not the lob threat he once was. Uh, I still want to see him. I think he defended well. I actually think he stood his ground well, um, but he's still not just kind of flying through the air with the greatest of ease like you want to fully see it. But he looked agile and active, and he was running well tonight, which I like to see. But dealer's choice in terms of uh, where you want to start uh, with your with your analysis of tonight, Sherrod. Well, I mean, I, I think – I like to start with Tatum, just because Tatum for for really three quarters was just ugh, garbage. And then, you know, he hits that three that puts him up by two, you know, in late in the second half. And then he just takes over in the final minute. And and for Tatum, you know, he's going to have nights where he can't make shots. And we've seen that the last couple of nights in the first half. But the great players, when the game is absolutely up for grabs for someone to take a hold of it, they're the ones that take it by the strangle away victory from the other team. And that's what he did. I mean, Philadelphia, when they go back and watch the, the video, they are without question going to feel like they should have won this game. Because when you look at the way that they were playing, they were the more aggressive team, I thought, in the first half. They were far more engaged. They were doing all the things that you're supposed to do in order to put to, to position yourself to win. But the problem that they ran into was they became too Joel heavy. They really didn't figure out a way to get other guys involved. Uh, and that is, again, that's, that's a big, big problem for them. They, they have to be a little bit more diversified. And, you know, people are going to go crap on Marcus Smart for a shooting. And, and certainly at one point in the game, I think maybe first half, certainly, I th- believe through the first three quarters, he had more shots taken than Jason Tatum, which never happened. But Marcus's defense on, uh, you know, James Harden, I thought was really good. I mean, James Harden had 21 points, but he was like four for 15 or something. Not a factor. He was not James, a factor. James Harden didn't hurt you tonight. He no, didn't. no. And Marcus Smart had no, a lot he, to do fact, with that. In fact, he was hardly noticeable, honestly. Like, he did not hurt you tonight. No, no. And, and when Philadelphia cannot win if James Harden is not the second or third best player on the floor. Uh, they just can't do it. Uh, because most nights, if you're talking about guys playing at their absolute best level, James is going to be one of the top two or three players most nights. You know, Smart did, you know, I thought he did some good things defensively. He took some shots that I did not like to see him take. I thought he forced forced it a few times, which we're accustomed to doing. But overall, his job is to be a top-tier defender, and I thought he did a pretty good job of that tonight against a really good score in James Harden. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. 
And and again, you have to you, you do have to take some things with a grain of salt. Like there were ugly portions of tonight's game, um, for sure. But Philly played really good defense. Yeah. Uh, on 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 uh, on the Celtics tonight, um, they they really did. Uh, they 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 really clogged up the lane. They clogged up passing lanes. They made it really difficult for them to get where they wanted to go. A lot of times, you would get some paint touches, and they just weren't really sure. Do I continue? Do I float it? How many of those kind of wait, shoot, uh, got fall away, front rim kind of indecisive sort of looks did they get. Jalen had a couple, Tatum had a couple. They'd get in there and didn't really know where to go from there, and they weren't really able to get it uh, where they wanted to go. And 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 Philly did a good job kind of keeping them to the perimeter uh, on a lot of their stuff and and, uh, and forcing them into, you know, turnovers. And, you know, Tatum, I think, you know, got forced into a lot of bad turnovers just trying to kind of get places that he just couldn't get to uh, double team was frustrating him. Uh, even some single defenders were frustrating. He was just having a difficult night getting where he wanted to go, but credit Philly's defense. They made it a little bit ugly um, for, 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 uh, for Boston. So I'm not going to, you know, completely throw that out, but you still want, you want your star to be defense proof, you know, not fully, but you just, that's the whole point. That's what makes you stars. You don't want your star to be able to be taken out of games. We've seen it a couple times, you know, with Tatum more than you'd like to see it. And you're not going to, you know, discredit everything that he's done. But last game against Philly, not only did he struggle to score, he struggled to get shots off. I think he only had 12 shot attempts last time that they played uh, one another. Uh, And that was that amazing game where they were without Brogdon, without Smart, without uh, without uh, Al, without Rob, and they lose JT to a broken face 15 minutes in, and Tatum s- scores 12 points on, on on you know horrible shooting, and they won that game, and that was probably one of their best wins and one of Philly's worst losses this year. You kind of wanted to see Tatum come out and acquit himself a little bit better, but still, you know, frustrated, and I think he kind of took himself out of the game mentally a little bit. He was getting frustrated with himself. Yeah, I mean, the, the one thing you, you touched Until on, the end, which is fine. Exactly. You know, right. last game against Indiana, he admittedly had a crap game and scored 31 points. A lot yeah. of people wrote about that's part of the evolution of Tatum. You can have a bad game and still walk into 30 points. That's pretty incredible. That's, he had, he had, a, he had a, pretty, a pretty bad, bad, bad game tonight, and he still hits the big shots late in the game winner. You'll take that, but, you know, you still want to see him be able to beat that pressure and not have it get to him the way it did. Yeah, I mean, in the Indiana win, he had a really good second half. Uh, tonight, he had a really good fourth quarter. And still, at the end yep. of the day, his numbers were solid. But you, you touched on Philadelphia's defense. You know, they, their defense during this five-game winning streak they had prior to tonight was one of the top two or three defenses in the entire NBA. Yep. Uh, and I asked Doc Rivers about that before the game. And, he, you know, essentially he said that it's just guys getting accustomed to playing with each other, them developing a rhythm. But I, I think there's some truth to that. But also, you know, they're also they've taken one player who has been just defensively challenged his entire career out of the rotation altogether, and that's that's Montreal uh, Harold, who just doesn't play. Uh, and the reason why he doesn't play is because guys were shooting damn near seventy percent from the field when he was on the floor. Yeah. Uh, Doc Rivers has figured. I mean, he's done some things as far as taking with their rotation to make them a better team defensively. But you're right, Tatum. I would like to have seen him to assert himself a little bit earlier. Like I, I thought J- like Jalen Brown came out with the kind of fire and intensity that you want from one of your star players. He had eight of their first 13 points, uh, was clearly getting where he wanted to, when he wanted to. The only thing that slowed him down in the first half was those two quick fouls in the first uh, first quarter. And other than that, you know, Jalen Brown, they did not have an answer for him. And, you know, that's the thing that makes the Celtics team so dangerous. 
they're they're figuring out ways to beat you in unconventional ways. Like they don't need Jason Tatum to go off at of 35, 40 That's points. That's the difference this year. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas if you look at a team like Philadelphia, you let Joel Embiid have a game where he scores 12 points or 15 points and see how many points they lose by. They probably lose by the number of points he scores because he's that impactful. He means that much to them. And the Celtics have figured out ways to get other guys involved that while, yes, for them to win a championship, Tatum has to be great. Jalen Brown has to be great. But they don't have to be great for them to win against good teams. And it's not just individuals. You have games the Celtics have won this year where you're right. Tatum's been terrible, where Tatum and Brown have both been off or one one or two have been missing. Missing multiple players. You've had games where they've shot 20-something percent from three. Games where they've turned it over 20-something times. And and games where they've been out-rebounded by 15 or so and still won those games. So it is amazing. It's not one thing. You know, like a lot of teams you can say, well, if we shoot well tonight, we'll be okay. Or if we just you know, are able to match those guys on the glass, we'll be fine. Celtics can come up short in a lot of different ways and still find, uh, you know, and that speaks to the depth of Bob Ryan on the, uh, on the Goodman, Ryan, Ryan Goodman podcast on CLNS media last week. Says the deepest team he's ever seen. I'm not saying this. To I'm be not saying to, mm. to Bob, but, but Bob is old. Um, and Bob has seen a lot of basketball, <laughs> you know? I, with all due respect to, 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 to Bob, I can't imagine that this team is deeper than some of those Koozie, Russell, sit, you know, Sats. I mean, be. those those teams had like seven, eight Hall of Famers. They this had team seven has of, maybe, they had seven maybe of the four, 15 three? best players in the NBA at any yeah. given time, you know? Right. Yeah, yeah I, 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 I get it. I mean, I'm excited about this team. A too, little hyperbole there. He might be talking modern era. Let's go oh. 80s and on. It's a pretty free. I mean, and again, obviously, yeah. those 86 teams, you've got Seasting and Walton and those guys coming off the bench, um, you know, and there's a lot of depth there, even on the earlier teams. I mean, um, if you're talking post Bird era, then yeah, I think you, I think you can make a legitimate case that this team might be deeper than as deeper than 2008. 2008, in I fact, would, I would agree. You could even argue um, if it, 2008 looks better on paper later, but you have to remember Rondo was not ready for primetime yet in right. 2008, and neither was Perk. Uh, he was useful and he fit what they needed, but I mean, you needed to put, pick a guy up off the street and PJ Brown to be able to, uh, to, to you know, to, to kind of put you over the hump. You got a guy like Eddie House who was good right there, but that's not like those aren't you know, stars, like they've got, they've got guys here where you're like, you've got to get your sixth and seventh, your sixth and seventh guys. You're like, you've got to get more minutes for these guys in Brogdon and white right now. And your number eight guy in the rotation played six minutes last game because you didn't need him. So that is pretty deep right now. Not just deep with playable players, deep with good players. And I think that might be what he's talking about. One through seven, that's as good as they've been in a long, long time right now with those guys. Eight, if you want to throw in Grant as well. And if you're yeah. getting any contributions from Hauser or Muscala, again, that's that that's, that's saying a lot. Yeah, I mean, I think the top seven players on just about any team in NBA will be among the top three or four players on that team. Uh, and I don't think there are a lot of teams that have the top seven where they're going to be one of the either number, either the man next to the man or next to the man next to the man. Uh, the Celtics are, that, are like that. So this is they're definitely a deep team. They definitely have a lot of potential to just wear you down because I, th- I think it's, it's, it's important to recognize the fact that the Celtics seem to be at their best in the second half as a team. And I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that their best players are just better than your next level players. Uh, when you get past your first line of, of stars, who's next? 
And when you compare the Celtics, who's next after Tatum and Brown, and you start looking at the other team, once you get past their top-tier stars, the Celtics match up pretty damn favorably against almost every team in the league in that regard. So this is this team, if they're healthy, I just don't see anyone beating them for the title. I just don't see it. Uh, it can, can it happen? Absolutely. But it, it, it won't be because those other teams are better. It'll be because either the Celtics underachieve or something goes wrong with coaching or there's an injury, but it won't be because that other team had more talent. That's what Brad Stevens has done. He's put them in that position. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's pretty impressive right now. You definitely have to, uh, I, you know, it's, it, it, again, it's because those guys are playing as well as they're playing, uh, particularly, as you know, with White and Brogdon, that it's, uh, it's really, really impressive what's going on right now. Um, with the with these guys and, and 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 again, as you said, you can survive bad Tatum games. You can survive a lot of uh, you know not great games right now from other people. So uh, it's been pretty impressive. Um, again, thanks. We got a packed house here. Um, we're pretty psyched to have all of you guys here on the show um, joining us. It's a late one. It's Saturday night. You could be doing a lot of things. It's not lost on us that you are spending your Saturday night with us. So all in all, I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as um, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. I'm not going to say good win, bad win. What's your general vibe coming off of this? Like when you're watching the game, are you sent? Are you a win is a win is a win. You're on the road. You're playing the number three team in the conference. All of these are good wins. Both teams are as healthy as they are right now. Um, I kind of thought they were going to take it to Philly a little bit more. I'm not saying I'm disappointed in the win, but I really do feel like the Sixers are not going to be a good matchup for the Celtics if they face off in the finals. I don't know that tonight changes my opinion, but generally speaking, I don't think I don't think Philly, I don't think we're back to the years of 2018 where Joel Embiid's like, they always kick our ass, you know, like, and it's not a rivalry. But I don't see, I can't see this team giving you trouble if you run into them down the road. No, I, I think this, this, what I've seen this season when these two, these teams have played is there's a different gear that your mental toughness has to shift into in order to win. And Philly hasn't figured out how to get to that gear yet, and the Celtics have. I mean, this is a game where the Celtics absolutely should not have won this game based upon how they played the Morgan night. You look they at the didn't play. Yeah. No, I mean, they've played three times this year, and the Celtics have just been a mentally tougher team two out of those three wins. Uh, and and there's, there's no rhyme or reason or, or way to fix that. The Celtics have that, that extra something that when you're matched up with the team and you're comparable, you're going to find a way to get over the hump. And the Celtics have shown even when they're not at their best, even when they don't have the top players, even when every single just, you know, uh, analytic data point that you have says that they're going to get their asses kicked, they're going to find a way to beat Philly. Uh, and it's not always going to be because Philly makes a bunch of mistakes. It's just that the Celtics limit the mistakes that they make. And then that, I think, just mentally rattles Philly. Philly was was shook 
in that fourth quarter. You yeah. could tell. I mean, they were totally mentally shook. Sure, and, they were jogging. They were like yeah. completely out of their rhythm. They, yeah. lo- they looked like they got taken out of the game. Yeah, yeah. And it, yeah I mean, it, it was, I mean, and Celtics had everything to do with that. And I'm just thinking over the course of a playoff series, I don't see that changing. I, I yeah. don't see where Philadelphia is all of a sudden going to figure out how to be mentally tougher against a team that's kicked their ass, not just this year, but just over the last few years when the games absolutely mattered most. Uh, yeah. And the are now even better than those teams that Philly lost to in previous years. So yeah. they're, they're, they're in a tough predicament if, they, or if they're going to find themselves playing the Celtics in the playoffs. That's not going to go well for them. Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, and I, I, left this, I left this thing up here because this is correct. It's so funny. Like, a lot of what you say is out the window if they lose the game, you know, like, and that's why it's like when people are like, oh, here they are being negative about it's not really negative. You looked at this game. This was a crap game for a lot of it. You know, um, you did a bad, smart game, a bad Tatum game. Brown, who was great for that stretch in the second half, he put up points, but he was um, he was all over the place in the first half. Really weird shot selection, uh, tunnel vision. I, I don't think he passed once, but he was great when he needed to be. Tatum was great when he needed to be, but for stretches, it wasn't a terrific game. You really had that really good stretch, that kind of the Derek White stretch, and then Brown there into the fourth quarter where they really uh, looked good, but there was just some, you know, it was not a great overall. Their offense looked out of sync. They weren't terrific on defense. I'm not going to get into the officiating and the Embiid stuff. I guess those are fouls. I, I don't know how else you play defense against this guy. It's one of the more frustrating things in the world to watch. Like, it just is what it is. Like, what are you supposed to do in some cases? He's just barreling into you, and you're just stuck there. But that's how they play. That's what they're going to do. You you took their best punch as far as that was concerned. I think – I could be wrong. Did they get – what were the final numbers? Did he outshoot uh, yeah, they, their team? Did Embiid? I know they made 35, or 28 for 35. Yeah, he, they did because the Celtics only went to the line like 12 times. And Embiid, I think, went to the line at least – 18 times and beat 18 free throw attempts. The Celtics right. had 12. Yeah. Yeah. And that was yeah. the thing is like the Celtics, I, I, it, that was a problem. They couldn't quite figure. It's a strange game where they only shoot 37 threes yet only have uh, 12 free throw attempts, you know, um, because they were not able to get to the paint, but they didn't do most of their damage from behind the arc. Um, you know, they shot it fairly well from, from, from three, but it wasn't one of those 50, you know, 53 pointer sort of games, uh, you know, really was a bit of a rock fight, just trying to figure out where that offense was going to come from. Yeah. yeah and it's, it's going to be like that obviously from, from time to time, but you know, the, the thing that I, I keep coming back to with the Celtics, and we talked about this earlier on a show where, Philadelphia played well enough for most of this game to have won. There, there's, there's, I don't think anyone is going to debate that Philadelphia, if you were to, if this were a, a fight, a, a boxing match, Philadelphia would way ahead on, on them to everyone's scorecard, but the Celtics delivered that knockout yeah. point from the fourth. And that, and that's it. That's game time. And so, this is, yeah, yeah. And you're right. right. And th- Go ahead. So that, yeah. So that's why I, I can't get, get caught up in the, well, you know, if, if they would have scored another two points, they would have won or Philly would have won. And yeah, you're right. But how many games can we say that about? A lot. The bottom line is when the game absolutely mattered the most, the Celtics were the tougher team mentally. They made the shots and they got the stops, forced the turnovers. They had Philadelphia where they wanted them when it mattered most. And that's really what, what the that's, – that's the game. That's ball game, folks. Yeah, Celtics made the winning plays plays, 
and that's it. And that's that. And I do want to applaud Joe. I, I kind of, uh, and I, I promise we're getting to Al next. I promise. I promise. I was saving it a little bit for Bobby because I know he loves Al discussions. I promise we're going to Al next. Um, I'm going to applaud Joe because on that last play, I kind of jokingly, you know, tweeted, Ugh, don't just do one of those, give it to Tatum and get out of the ways, run a, run a play thing. And Obviously, I got dunked on for that tweet, but the reality is they did run a play, and it was a pretty damn good play. It wasn't just ISO, give it to Tatum, top of the key, clear out, and let him go to work. I hate that stuff. I don't think that those things go very well, um, but I liked what they did, putting him in the backcourt, getting him running, coming to a hard stop there because he's coming with a head of steam. He stops on a dime. He was able to get separation on that three-pointer, but he just gets a catch with his back to the basket there, turns around and sets up. It's a lot harder to get something going to the basket. You almost know he's pulling up and it's going to be off balance. That was a smooth, in-rhythm shot and a beautiful pass with the like that Marcus really threaded the needle on it to get him there. Pretty risky pass, actually. Um, you know, uh, that, 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 that could have gone. I don't even want to talk about that. But that was a, not an easy pass Marcus made. Great catch, great stop, great shot, and, and terrific play. So hats off to Missoula for, uh, for dialing that up. I thought that that was much better than the just give it to me and get out of the way sort of, uh, sort of uh, last-second play that you tend to see a lot of times, um, you know, from, uh, from, from the Celtics. Uh, let's talk about Al. This is a fair point. They're absolutely dead if Al doesn't go. Uh, it doesn't go on that 9-0 personal run when they were really floundering there uh, and hit his first three th- field goals of the game back to back to back. 9-0 personal run, 9-0 team run to take it from a 14-15 point game down to something manageable again. Uh, Al doesn't do that. We might not be having any of these conversations right now. No, no. And, and you, you've got to give Al credit for, frankly, just make, taking advantage of what I thought was there all game long. Uh, I thought Al, I mean, if Al were having one of those those heat check type games, he could have gone for 30. Uh, and, and every shot would have been like a relatively open shot. And you go back and you look at this game, Al missed his first three shots, and every single one of them were catch in rhythm, wide open threes. Uh, so Al getting hot isn't that big a shocker against Philadelphia because they don't defend him. Uh, with it, because their best player at that position doesn't defend uh, outside the paint. And Al is, is a smart enough player, crafty enough player to get to his spot. Uh, and the Celtics, to their credit, are smart enough to get him the ball in those spots. So Al, there's no question. Al, you know, we, we talk about that, that bird that he wanted knocking down shots, but I just thought his overall defense on Joel was good. And again, you, you can look at the numbers and say Joel, you know, scored a ton of points. Joel had to work his ass off for most of those points. Joel was not getting the ball in the sweet spots where he's used to dunking on guys left and right. Al made him work. And if a guy goes for 41 and you made his ass work for those 41 points, you can walk away feeling good. And if to Al's credit, again, I, I thought as the game wore on, I thought that, that pressure that he was putting on Joel, I thought it did affect Joel. I didn't think Joel was nearly as impactful or dominant down the stretch other than getting to the free throw line. That yeah. was but the, the problem for Philadelphia is that when he's getting to the free throw line, um, it reinforces their one-dimensional offense, and they become a lot more easy to they become easier to defend. Uh, it's get the ball to Joe and let him go to work. And at, we've seen time and time again against the Celtics, that's only going to keep you in the game up to a certain point where it's going to blow up in your face because you need other guys to step up. James Harden, uh, again, we touched on him earlier, was a non-factor, and part of that was because they became so damn Joel and beat heavy. And part of that is that's just how they're built. That's just how they're structured. Which is why I think that they're, no matter who they play in the postseason, they're going to have a tough 
tough time moving on to the next round. This is so one dimension. Yeah, I mean the the reality is like you're just those 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 takeover Harden games, which used to be one out of two, one out of three games. It's now one out of eight. One, see, you're just not you. You might run into a a Harden, you know, just heater one uh, a night or two. It's not like he doesn't do other things. He he's either leading or top two in the NBA in assists. He's still an impactful player. He's still a really good player. But the days of James Harden taking games over um, offensively are are over for the most part. That's not saying he's he's still an outstanding player. He's just not going to be that guy who's just go who's just single handedly just torching you every single night in a seven game series. He's capable of doing it. The frequency has gone way down on that, and he's someone that you can you know he's you can defend him now where he used to be basically a cheat code. So that version's been gone for a couple of years, but again, they just don't have enough here. How many times have we seen Tobias Harris absolutely lay an egg? I mean, he had a pretty good game tonight for him. I mean, he's been a total non-factor in a lot of games against the Celtics as well. Maxi hasn't been as, uh, I, I, Maxi hasn't been as good as uh, as I thought he was going to be the way he started the year. Uh, he's hot and cold. There's there's not enough juice on this team on this Philly team uh, to 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 run with you. I don't think. And again, going back to it in a seven game series, I just don't see it. Yeah, and, and that's the problem. That is their problem. They have enough to keep themselves in the game and, and compete. Yeah. There's no doubt. But yeah. getting over that hump, that's going to be very difficult because again, James Harden and you know. The last couple of years, people want to attribute him not being that James Harden of old to just him not being in great shape. I don't think it's a conditioning thing. I think it's just a father time thing that we're seeing with James. And again, he's still a dynamic player. Don't get it twisted. He's, it's not like he's, you know, you know, just one foot in a basketball grave and, and about to retire or anything like that. He's still a very good player. He's just not nearly as overbearing, overdominant type of player and performer that we've seen throughout the course of his career post Oklahoma City. Uh, he's, again, still a good player, but they're going to need him to be much better if they're going to have any shot of making any kind of postseason moves. Yeah, yeah, no doubt about that. Um, other things worth talking about tonight, we did mention a little bit of Rob. I do want to get back to that. How do you think he looked? Again, it's still not all the way there, um, but it looked like a tick in the right direction. Um, you know, uh, the, the, the way I was looking, just how he's moving, um, just seemed a little bit, like I said, just seemed to be running better. If I, if I'm just going to point out one thing, thought he was moving better. Uh, I mean, obviously the seven for seven, he still does these great Rob things. Uh, his hands are so good with his catches down low on a couple of those balls that those are just balls. You can't get into most bigs, um, you know, in the lane on those tricky bounce passes. And I mean, and he's still good on the offensive glass, even if he's not just skying high and throwing it down with his chin. And obviously he has that one alley-oop dunk coming out of commercial and ABC friggin' smokes it. We don't even get to see it in real time. But um, it's still not all of the explosive verticality that you expect, but it definitely looks, I'm just saying physically, both physically and his head being in the game. You, you look back, the worst game Rob Williams ever played was that was that couple of years ago uh, when like they were like, okay, Rob has arrived, and he goes and he fouls Joel Embiid like four times in 25 seconds and then missed that whole game and this and that. This was a good game for Rob against this competition. I thought he stood his ground really well. Obviously, having Horford in their helps but overall I thought this was one of his better games we've seen now to, Rob to me was, was like a just a prize fighter who 
recognizes I'm not going to knock this this guy out. I'm not going to knock this team out. So I'm just going to hit him with body blows. I'm just going to jab him. I'm just going to do so all those little things to keep just racking up points, helping my team win, doing all that type of stuff. And that's how Rob's going to have to be. But the thing that he showed tonight, we talked about it earlier, he's a much better perimeter scoring threat against Philadelphia then he gets opportunities to showcase. And I thought, again, when you're playing Philadelphia and you're the Celtics, you know Al is going to knock down some shots. But if Rob starts making those shots from, from the baseline, that changes the calculus if you're Philadelphia on how you defend the Celtics. Because if their fifth option is can play above the rim and can score from 15 feet out, that's going to force Joel to be to exert a lot more energy defensively. And so, often, to me, your best defense against him is just making him work more as a defender. Well, I want Bobby's take on this too. Um, the Rob, uh, Bobby said that was like, you know, like a loud cheer in the press box sort of situation when that happened. I said, what bang. I will, what I will say with this, the reaction to Rob's jumper from the teammates says everything about what we say too, which is they are dying to see him do that. That wasn't a, oh my God, if any other person hit a baseline jumper from 15 feet at the buzzer, which is a totally <laughs> normal shot that most people take and make, there's they'd be like, hey, nice job, high five, good way to close it, you know? Tatum just right. They're not going to freak out tackle the guy start screaming and this and that that wasn't just like oh you made it what an unlikely shot that was there it is buddy do that again and again and again and again i think they want to see that too it's like come on man be the guy we know you can be take those shots have confidence and then he never shot again um not, <laughs> yeah. not only that and then he never looked at the basket again from outside from outside 10 feet there was another play late he just fired it out of there got didn't it, even look got it, boom. Boom. hot potato he yeah. didn't do it again and all we're saying is the threat of it yes you're not going to shoot 77 percent for the season if you start incorporating 15 footers into your repertoire but that doesn't matter the threat of it opens up so many other offensive possibilities for you and for the team and it's essential that he take those it's essential that he not only take them it's essential that he looks to get to spots to be able to be open to get to collect the pass and take them he but it is almost always incidental it's late in the clock or something you know has to happen for him to dare do it and it makes no sense to me and that's why Horford plays late. He he's has more. He can do that. He, he yeah. brings more to the table, particularly on the offensive end. We've talked about it all year. <laughs> Rob should be at a point where he can close games. And those offensive limitations prevent him from doing so. Fortunately, they have Al Horford still playing like prime Al Horford, drilling threes at a 40% rate. And We tried to wait for you on Al. We tried game. to wait for you. We tried. Yeah. So yeah, I know you guys <laughs> hit on that already. Rob ends up being, I don't know, fourth, fifth, sixth story in this game uh, after a strong start. I thought he looked fresh. I thought he looked active early. I thought guys looked for him, particularly Tatum. Uh, and he got in a good flow early that sort of dissipated as the game went on. Rotations went away from him, as I just said. And it's a step. You know, I thought this was one of the better looking games from him this year. Looking. In terms of just his activity and but this 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 super chat asks for it yeah i think and bobby said it earlier al's gotta kind of close because he can do so much more for you rob needs to do those other things he needs to be able to be a scoring threat if he is going to catch the ball defense is tighten up late if the ball comes to you you got to be able to at least look to score it rob not doing that 
kind of creates a four-on-five sort of situation uh, late in those games that you almost just can't you can't live with. And, and they that's already why he, that's why he doesn't close games. They already face unless the you're face. unless you're up and you want the D. But if it's a bucket for bucket game or you need buckets, you really can't have him out there. They already face spacing limitations too late in the game without him out there. So it would have been even worse. Uh, it was not a great end to the game offensively. They let Philly right back into the game, up 10. And you wonder about some of those lineup decisions. Joe didn't well, get that's kind of where we started. Taking Derek White out and going back to that double big lineup. which And I, no Brogdon either. And so no crucial last game. And I know you tweeted it, Bobby, but that's the second straight second half that starting lineup, that double big starting lineups come out and gotten smoked. Yeah. Um, and uh, Sherrod made a really good point, you know, that having some beef out there mattered. So even when you didn't have Rob out there closing, you had Grant out there, but you're you're taking Derek White and Brogdon off the floor. And that's a hard thing to do. Period, because they're both playing outstanding, but especially tonight when that was your best lineup and you've just said, well, let's go back to the other guys who, you know, caused us to go down 15 last time that they were in together. That's kind of risky. And he got away with it. But I think almost I think every Celtics fan at the same time was kind of like, I don't know if we should be doing this right now. Yeah, for sure. And it didn't look pretty by any means. I mean, the worst possession of the game, one of the worst possessions of the season was that late shot clock heave from Tatum. The Tatum one. Yeah, and he makes up for it with a nice put back. uh, And, of course, the game winner. But you look at that double big lineup now. Stats not updated for tonight, but they come in tonight. Minus seven per 100, the main one. I'm looking for that Grant one with Horford. Probably not much better. That wasn't a great lineup last year either. But... Those aren't showing well statistically now. And we know Joe's a stats guy. I wonder how long he'll lean on those. Um, They're great defensively. I think every coach loves to have that rock defensively, especially in a tight game. And they did pile up stops as this game went on, particularly on Embiid. So you, you, you held a balance there, right? I thought the offense capsized late. But the defense played as well as it did all game late against Embiid. Really yep. frustrated them. The only play where they got beat was when Smart came in late. Our, Missoula had his arm like a windmill trying to get Smart over there to help Horford. And he hit a tough leaner uh, that the Celtics ended up answering. But they wore down Embiid throughout this one. Uh, credit to Grant who bounces back from that weird six-minute game with against the Pacers with some good defense here tonight. Of course, Al still that rock. As the main guy against Embiid, there others like White and uh, smaller guys had to switch on to him throughout this one. It was a really tough performance that frustrated them. Certainly, Shroud, you saw the complaining to the officials throughout this one, uh, and guys just pummeling to the floor throughout. But they persisted against Embiid, and Joe actually said, I thought one of the most interesting things he said after the game was that they managed the emotions mm-hmm. of of handling Embiid out there, and it certainly was a very emotional night for Smart. Grant, uh, for some of those guys who do get involved with the officials a little bit more. Let's Tatum, though, which was, which was good to see. That was good to see and surprising to see at the same time because he's the one guy that frustrates, frustrates me more than maybe any other player when he lets his emotions get, the, get a hold of him because typically his emotions come out when he doesn't get a call that he's supposed to get and he doesn't get back defensively and it leads to a potential layup or an offensive uh, opportunity for the opponent that you just can't allow to happen in the playoffs. That one possession where you, you where you're complaining about a, a call that should have been made could lead to a layup, and you wind up losing by one point. And you think about what where could we have maybe 
you know, take, got a bucket off the board that we gave up, that stuff really was glaring. But, but you, you touched on a little bit earlier about just, you know, just the defensive-centric lineups that I think uh, Joe Mazzula is looking at more. This team has already shown they can score like nobody else in the league. Their defense has to tighten up. Their defense has to get better. They have to be more connected. And I know that statistically they're doing a lot of good things, but we saw in this game the, def- the defense they played in the fourth quarter was significantly better than what we saw through the first three. And they've got to tighten that up a little bit to where what we saw down the stretch, getting stops, getting rebounds, we need to see more of that throughout the course of the game. And, you know, I talked to Marcus Smart about that before the game, and he said, you know, the one thing that people have to understand is that, you know, now that we've got everyone healthy, we can finally start putting in the kind of work with that core group that we wanted to all season to do. But because guys are in and out of the lineup, we just couldn't do that. So this latter stretch of the season, I think we're going to see more of the Celtics leaning on their defense to win them games, which I think means they're likely going to do make these type of decisions where, You'll have a couple of guys who are making some shots and seem to be in a great rhythm. But you're playing a team that Memphis needs to carry you over the hump to get the victory. I think Missoula is going to lean into that lineup, those type of, of combinations, uh, more so the latter stages of the season here, to just give those guys some muscle memory of working together so that when it really does matter in the playoffs, it won't be like starting from scratch for those guys. Yeah, I'm torn on it because we've seen this offense sway so much throughout the season. You're right, Shira. It started off so hot. They've regained. Did you just say sway? Did you just say sway? Yeah. <laughs> Look at that. Yeah. Joe swayed. You meant to do that, right, Bobby? Yeah. Um, real quick on that though, before we bring in Joe Sway. Um, I'm holding on the double big. I am. The numbers don't look great. Sometimes it doesn't look pretty. Rob certainly needs to reach his his potential to make it hit the way it did last year and smart too as he he comes back from this injury but i just think we we know what it's capable of at its best and i'm pleasantly surprised by what they're getting from white in the second unit staying aggressive staying involved sparking that group and i thought some of their best runs all game came with their bench out there against Philly's bench. Philly's bench stunk in this game, and They're not I, I had a lot of They're I had a lot good. of hope yeah. for Jalen McDaniels in this game, and he, he he was terrible. I think he's going to be better than we yeah, saw that was tonight. Big. I think he's going to be better for them yeah. than we saw tonight. But not against right, Tatum. Yeah, he was just he just wasn't very good at all. And, and on any metric you want to use, his numbers did not add up to a good yeah. game. Yeah, that was a tough. I mean, well, it's hard in general for him to just jump into that kind of matchup on a Saturday night. But he just never found a rhythm. But I'm, I'm with you, Sherrod. I'd be better. But Minus I also think that 23. The Celtics did an incredible job of just taking advantage of the game when Joel Embiid and Tobias Harris were on the bench. Like, especially in that first half. Like, Tobias Harris was, was hot in that first quarter. And I felt like they, they had a bad job of trying to survive those minutes. Uh, uh, the, the Celtics carved into that lead. Uh, and, and before halftime, the fact that it was a two-point game, I, I just think that, that that took a lot out of the Sixers you know, they, they try to come right back in the second half. And the Celtics went on that huge run. And, you know, Al Horford, those three consecutive threes really started things off, right? And then you also had Derek White aggressive. I think when guys started going and, and finding their offense, back came Jalen with a huge second half. And, of course, Jason Tatum at the end of that fourth quarter. But, I mean, it was really those guys that really sparked it, that really pushed the Celtics ahead. And they were able to hold Don't don't let me. Did I lose, did I lose you guys? Yeah, man. Don't, 
I was setting a screen for John. I thought, I, was why, if I, was, I thought, man, this is this looks this looks better. I mean, no, no, I was setting the screen for John Zanis. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I want you guys. I, I want you guys it. to carry it. I, I, it's just, there's just so much from this one, John. I, well, the, the, the double big thing was on my the double big thing was on my radar, Bobby. And again, I tweeted it as well. Where like, are you on it? I didn't catch I, your take. My, it was abolish it forever. Look again. I agree. I'm right where you are. It's situational, but it should you shouldn't rely on it as the end all, be all. It worked for us last year, and we were so dominant. And let's just roll it out again because, as you said, it only works if Rob is. Who's, who's in the cafeteria right now? Okay. Let's take a pause. It only works if Rob is transcendent Rob. Uh, and Rob is not transcendent Rob right now. Rob is effective. Rob is useful. Rob is not a Superman right now. And last year it worked because Rob Williams was basically the defensive player of the year before he got hurt. An absolute freak impacting every second of every game he was in. Every minute he was in, um, it uh, it changed everything. It, it, the entire g- complexion of the game changed. He's not that guy right now. If he is, then yes, do it. Because as, as we saw last year, it literally looks like it's six on five sometimes. And you could change out a couple of different players and still make that defense work if Rob is Rob. When he's not, I don't see the benefit unless you have to play it against teams like the Sixers where you need to throw more bodies at Embiid. Yeah, so I, sure. I don't want to abolish it. I don't. So that's not the right way Here's to look the thing, at it. John. I don't want to abolish it. I want to not use it as a default, as the automatic start every game, start every half, start, you know, and fit and close the game. And, and, and I'm so tempted by swapping white for Rob because of that 119 number. They're so dominant offensively with that small ball group. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. But what have we talked about with Rob, the involvement? Starting gets some more minutes. It gets him playing with the starters who are more likely to set him up. And they've only started two games with that group now, I guess three after tonight. They have to mesh. They have to play more together. They have to see if they can get back to that level with that group out there because I think it's the biggest reason they made the finals last year was just how suffocating that group could be and how dominant offensively they'd score off those stops. Uh, it, It hasn't shown through eight games now, eight, nine games of that group playing in general. But they've played so few minutes together across those games that it's hard to draw anything from it yet. Uh, Tough matchups. The Pacers went small and ran them off the floor. Tonight you're dealing with Embiid and his dominance all game and dealing with the fouls and everything else. So you just need to see it more. Uh, Give it time. Make some tough calls. And this is the the thing, John. Forget Joe's game plans. Forget timeouts, all the stuff we've talked about. His greatest challenge is now. Who are you putting in late in games? You've what combinations? got a lot of good players. You can't and play them really all. Hard, yeah. And you can't always play the same guys every game because you're that. when we talked about Joe at the beginning of the year, the, the thing I said would be his biggest challenge this year would be what happens if you realize, I don't know if Marcus is the guy. Uh, or I, I like Marcus, but I'm, I kind of like this guy better. And that happened tonight, didn't it? And it but he happened, didn't go there. And he couldn't do it. I wish I could find exactly the moment, but that was my big thing is what happens when you've got that and you've got a guy like Marcus and you bench him and you close with someone else and he sits there. Fine. 
He might say the right things, do the right things. He's going to be irked. And if it happens again, you could have a Marcus problem on your hands. What happens if he decided that he didn't like the way Jalen was playing or Tatum? Goodness. And so when look, did he come back? Nobody's in? sitting guys of Jalen and Jason's caliber. That's never happening unless you're mad at them. But you can <laughs> But you can tweet. But you can sit he loves out. Jaylen. You can He's sit Rob. You can sit smart. Those guys you are should be interchangeable outside of Tatum and Brown. Really, the rest should be matchup dependent or hot hand dependent. And that's how I think you have to look at this team is what's my best five around those two to close games with based on how the game is going and what I think each is each is giving the game at that moment. That shouldn't be hard to do, but I think it is going to be hard to do for Joe. Well, he kind of sandwiched it in this game by sitting him from the middle of the third to the middle of the fourth, like about that five minute mark in the fourth and let Brogdon and White roll. Uh, for that stretch and it worked uh, to some degree because they end up winning and scoring just enough down the stretch getting enough, just enough stops down the stretch uh, but there is a case that if you play white a little bit more if you play Brogdon more than 20 minutes tonight uh, maybe you go away a little easier late maybe you have some better possessions when philly goes on that run to uh, take the lead late because yeah. that closing stretch didn't go the way it it should have nope. um you know, it kind of went good possession, bad It was possession, white knuckle time. Possession, yeah, you're right. It, every, yeah, every time they had a bad possession, Philly was scoring the other way with ease. Um, let's talk a little bit more. We'll get Joe Sway involved again. Sherrod said he had to pop out. He may pop back in. Uh, we do need to tell you uh, about another one of our sponsors. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot... Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Back to what we were talking about, guys, um, and uh, the, the the lineups. Josue... What did you think when they switched it out um, and, and went away from the lineup that was working? And what do you think Joe, what, what do you think Joe should be doing um, kind of because this is what we're about right now. you got two things down the stretch, right? Stay healthy and figure out exactly what it is exactly. Now right. you've, you've got 20 games to tinker a little bit, right? I know people, if you prioritize things, one seed, health. Or finding exactly – or hitting your stride and finding exactly the right combinations. So you're healthy for the first time. This is the stretch here where you really got to figure out who's going to do what and when and with whom. Right. And and I think Derek White is making a really strong case for himself. How do I – I hope we sound better. But um, because of everything on offense. So there's finding guys, knocking down shots. And, you know, with Michael Brogdon – I'm glad you brought that up because I thought it was weird. Like, he played, what, eight, ten minutes in that first half? I don't know if it's an injury thing or if they want to dial him down a little bit. But, I mean, I'm with you, though, John. They have to figure that out in the second half because, I mean, this is the time when you're supposed to, especially against the Philly. Yeah. 
and and that's the thing is um the, it's it's um it, like but the question is Bobby would it be a failure here if Joe just said I know what I'm doing I'm just gonna go with my guys and let's just should should he be experimenting a little bit here I think you should be messing around a little bit they don't have a ton of time and they, they don't right that's what I mean is you got you got so to when you when you have full lineups you got to play around a little because you'll have some load management games too. Yeah, and it depends on how you feel about the one seed, which which I'll ask you, John. I think it's pretty important. Two seed wouldn't be the end of the world, but then you're playing in Milwaukee in a game seven. So it's it's fairly important, especially if you really fear the Bucks, which you should have a healthy fear of them. Um, and I, I think you stick with your lineups, your rotations that have gotten you to this point. Again, we've nitpicked throughout the whole way. They've had their ups and downs, and they certainly had their ups and downs in this game tonight. But they just keep getting it done. And when you believe in all these different guys to play their roles, for them to mesh, and for them to execute these plays, these set plays down the stretch, I'm thinking of Tatum tossing it to Horford on the last on that little breakout play late in the game. It's worked for them. Like you can't you can't mistake the record so far. They've played a ton of games, they've played a ton of tough opponents, and they've had a million guys missing all year. So I think you can buy into what you've done, what got you the finals last year, and what might look a little erratic or you know stagnant at times, but ultimately leads you to so many wins over this past calendar year. Like I, you, there's just something it's all cliche John and you'll hear it in the pressers throughout when you go watch the night on our channel but you really do have to start to believe in this thing Joe talks about about this group just making it work uh, believing in the decisions that they make rotation wise uh, and executing late in games even when things are so frantic I mean this place was shaking John when Tatum goes down the floor and finds Horford that last three uh, and never mind the couple timeouts and and B tossing it down the court. Like what there were just so many moments the where they withheld it. It worked. It worked. Like that's all you can say. I don't even know what to say about the timeout thing anymore, but I get what I he's don't mind at, it. And it's in environments like this where I think you really grow as a team. This I like place it. Was rocking. I like it. I, I, I used to think that's the, that's a terrible idea. I like not letting your, the defense set and slowing things down. I like that, that not only did he not call a timeout, he's waving his arms, speeding them up, you know, go, 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 go. I like that. I do. I, I'd rather be aggressive uh, in that situation there. I like calling a timeout when you start to get into something and you're like, this possession looks awful. Stop, you know, like, but I, I like the idea of like giving them ball and letting them go uh, there. And it's worked for him a couple of times in the past. What do you think of it, Joe Slay? You're back. I like it. I like it when it's uh, it's the go ahead. If the game is tied, I, I like taking that risk and, and letting the, letting the guys figure it out. Keeps the defense on their heels. I like it. I like it. Sherrod, welcome back. Did you do anything important? Oh no, not really. Not really. <laughs> not really. This was uh. Not really. I just. Um, have, have you guys talked about the little, little smart kerfuffle? Uh, no, not yet. Do you know anything about it? Josue, um, you can check out Josue's Twitter. We have it on our YouTube as well. Little situation. What do you know about it? Smart took off, by the well, way. I couldn't, mean, couldn't follow up with him. Yeah, yeah, he was gone. Oh, damn it. 
damn it. Okay. Um, well, the, the guys that were involved in that, the fa- uh, they were escorted out of the building. I was right behind them when they were whisked away. Uh, they had a conversation with uh, team security beforehand. And, you know, they basically, from what I could gather, what they were talking about was they were just kind of being a marker about being a flopper. Um, but my gut tells me that there were probably more words that were exchanged that probably didn't have to do with flopping at all. But, you know, it was it was very noticeable for those of us who are watching the game that, unfortunately, the national TV camera was completely missed or ignored or didn't want to highlight. But uh, as Joe Sway's video uh, points, you know, he will show you, uh, Smart was pretty intense in, in, in verbalizing his feelings on the matter. So uh, I would not be surprised if, if there's some type of follow-up conversation with security and Marcus Smart just to get his take on what happened. Uh, and there may be, you know, but more punishment for those involved beyond just this one game. But I, my gut tells me that there's not going to be anything of significance happening to them going forward. Yeah, yeah, I agree again, with that. It's, no details. You, nobody talked to Smart. Uh, nobody got anything from Smart. No, Marcus, uh, he was gone. Left. But, um, yeah, to, to piggyback on that, he kept going back at the guy, had more words to say. So I, I feel like he really hit a nerve, and I don't think it had to do with flopping. Or if it did, he, he might use a different kind of language, but we, we don't know, you know. Different kind of language? I mean, that's that's all, that's going to be the question, obviously. You know, he, has, he said something that got Marcus fired up, and it, it had to be some Marcus sort of was language. fired up throughout. Uh, he, he didn't appreciate it. He wrote, a, he wrote a wave through this one for sure. I'm, I'm still stunned he didn't get teed up. Grant was talking in the locker room about some of the interactions with the officials, and you know, he had said a couple said, are oh, you right, Grant? And they, 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 they got into that thing again, John, tonight, right? I don't think it killed them, but... Grant Smart definitely. I, I think Joe put it they best did, when he said, "Rode the emotion of the Grant, experience there." Yeah, they, they dipped into that. Was, yeah, yeah, they they dipped into the "woe is me" well tonight, and they they've been really good about staying away from that. Um, I thought well, it was going to kill them, but it didn't. Did unfortunately, uh, yeah. Grant was. Uh, I, Grant had like seven moments tonight. There was one where Rob, I loved it. Rob just shoved him with one arm, like back to half court. He's like, shut up, you know? And then you had another classic, you know, where Grant goes down like he got shot in the face, realizes nobody gives a crap. Pops right He's not going to get his call. His team's <laughs> on offense. He has no choice but to just get up and be like, I was faking and join the play because otherwise he's dogging his teammates and letting them play four on five. It's so embarrassing when you have to out yourself time and again like stop doing it. There are cameras. People stop can see possum. whether it was real stop. or not. Stop playing possum. You're not going to get any sympathy. And not only that, I mean, so sometimes when he gets hits, the refs are like, ah, he probably deserves that call, but I don't want to give it to him. He got one that was like six seconds late tonight. Cause yeah. the ref was like, ah, shit, I do have to call that one. Don't I, you know, like, I mean, he's just, he's got to stop. He's got to stop. Yeah, my favorite was the one where he uh, he got two free throws out of it. But they gave him the free throws, and he was still bitching after he got the call for the two free throws. It's just like, dude, you, 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 it's like you, you got two dollars. You, you kind of you kind of get it tonight, though, right? right? This right. is the most frustrating matchup when it comes to the officiating. 
It is. And Bede's going to go to the line and Harden's going to fall right behind him in the parade. And it's going to be how many free throws did Philly shoot in this one? 35. 35. 35 to 12. So I get it. I get it on a night like tonight, but they overcame it. They overcame a lot tonight. I thought Philly punched them in the mall so hard early. I mean, they just came out flying around defensively, shutting down the paint on the Celtics. They took that completely away from them. And then the third, the Celtics just kind of cracked it open. They they came out down seven out of halftime. They let the lead grow to, what was it at its worst, 15, 16? 15, I believe. 15 was the biggest you got, yeah. Then they just run those pick and pops and – they're back in the game in an instant, and uh, they they close it out too. They have more energy, they have more depth in this game, and I think they have better ability at both ends of the floor than a Philadelphia team that's really good on both ends of the floor. I mean, this is a top five defense. This is an offense that can score at will, going through Embiid, and he can certainly pile it on too. And they're just so equipped and so experienced and so. Tough to handle what he throws at them. I mean, they're just following down the stretch because that's all they can really do. Philly misses some free throws. He gets burnt out. And their game plan just seemed to work uh, right up until the final play there, which was very well managed by Joe. I mean, we can't talk enough about well, that. Well, let's, let's play that. Here's Bobby's question. Again, they've done this before. They put Tatum in the backcourt to get him running. Um, you know, it resulted in that. Was it, it was one that play, Cavs play. The Cavs game where it ends on up, Allen. comes in with a dunk. In this case... Almost, if you think about that, and that's what Sherrod and I were talking about, him coming full speed forces the defense to have to defend him attacking the paint because of the pace, and he stops on a dime and he's able to get a clean shot. It's such a better look than just ISOing him top of the key and everybody getting out of the way and then him having to get started from a standstill position. So it's definitely effective. It's worked a couple times for him. Here's uh, Bobby asked a question. Here's Joe talking about it. Joe, the final play call out a timeout. Look similar to the one in Cleveland. What was the setup of that play? Um, just get the ball to Smart and um, have Jason create separation, and then just make a play from that. And they did a great job executing. And you had a, you called another one after Harris took the foul there. Was that the plan originally, or did you change that out of timeout the second timeout? Uh, I mean, I know we had two timeouts. I knew they had a foul to give, so it was just a matter of kind of what the lineup is, what they were going to do. Um, so we had options. That's the most loquacious Joe has ever been, Bobby. Congratulations. That was incredible. I, I later asked him I later asked him where he got the play from. He said he stole it from Brad, which I you know, I wasn't covering those teams as closely back then, but I do kind of vaguely remember Isaiah. them doing some of that stuff for Isaiah. Yeah. Yeah. Way that was back. Way yeah, that was back. Isaiah time. That was Isaiah time. Yeah, he, he under, it was like you set him up basket. and he was like running. <laughs> there was kind of like, like a bang bang play for no a game joke, winner, wasn't it? Under the basket and just come flying around like the yeah. roadrunner. Yeah, yeah he, he started Worcester and just worked his way up to Boston. That's where that's where that's where, that's where Isaiah up started. What was that one? There was one where he just kind of like bang bang like pinball in the post and finished for the win, wasn't there? I, I'm, was it Miami? A Miami game? There was one game where he finished on that play. And I I remember, but I can't remember who was it against. Yeah, it's a great play because you can throw right to the ball handler. You can throw to Smart, which throws them off. And then as we saw tonight, you, you can, can stop on the diamond shoot. You can do a lot of things, right? Yeah. Yeah. And you don't have. A and whole it lot gives of time you great momentum into the zone too. You know, yeah. like you said, you. You're keeping a set defense off balance there, which is really well done. I wish we were able to talk to Brad more to kind of figure out where he got that from, but 
it's just an awesome play design. When I when you saw Tatum in the backcourt, Joe Sway, you did say, "Up, oh, like here we go. We we kind of see what's going on here." And then the the shot that follows it, and B just sort of flung it, boom, in, and you saw him dip his head right away, and no, no good. It took a lot of the emotion out of that moment and intrigue. The fans went crazy, but even they saw him like ducking his head and just, that was awesome. I'm so in victory. Josue, you were in with Joel. Obviously, we've heard him say a million times, "This team kicks our ass. It's not a rivalry." That what was, was 2018. You did have 2021 where they beat the crap out of the Celtics three times, I believe. So yeah. it, up until and then last year was two two. So it hasn't been as lopsided recently. Obviously, this year though it's three zero. It's three zero <laughs> this year, but it was two two last year, and I think oh three or one three the year before. I mean oh four or one three the year before. Um, when that was obviously a really bad Celtics, but they, they beat the crap out of the Celtics in 2020. That 2021 season. Story of my life. That's what Joel Embiid said to us. <laughs> Six, Sixers fans could take that about tonight. They want to, but yeah, about about hitting that shot, and of course it doesn't count. And he knew it didn't count. He said, "Story of my life." With a straight face, everyone laughed. He didn't crack a smile. I mean, it's a tough L, man. Like he gave it all he had in this one, and, and we talked about it before the game, Bobby. Like Sixers really needed this one. Sure, they've been playing great basketball heading into this, but they want to beat the Celtics. They want to convince themselves that they're on that level, and. You know, Doc can say what he wants and can, can you know, get these guys pumped up and say that, look, we, we still have a chance and everything, but they have to believe it. I don't know if they do. Look, look, Especially look, after quarter, last game. That right? was the best. Lost, you know what? This, this second quarter or fourth quarter, whatever you want, that's probably the best I've seen Philly defend the Celtics. And they were still only up by six at halftime. Still only up by two after that big start, that huge start in the first quarter. But then the Celtics are like, oh, you guys want to get into a shootout? Well, let's do it. Jalen hits two in a row. You know, Tobias hits two, but then – Derek White starts going, you know, like the way the end of that first quarter, uh, buzzer beater for Robert Williams, you know, Derek White just making plays one after another. It's just it's just too much. I mean, if people want to say it's the depth, sure, the Celtics are a deeper team. But at the end of the day, I, I just feel like the Celtics just have their number one way or another, the way that they defend them. And mentally, I think they, they're really they, – they, they take up space in, in Philly's head right now. And Joel Embiid especially. Well, uh- Especially after last game, right? I mean, yeah. Celtics beat him with Blake and Sam and basically nobody, and Doc's Tatum pissed. playing like ass. Yeah, he was you know? so mad about the defense, and they 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 picked it up this way at least in the first half. And, and and Doc didn't complain a whole lot about it, but he just said, "Man, like this team is just really good." And of course, he he led with talking about Jalen Brown and Tatum and and Derek White. You know, he he really emphasized what Derek White was, was doing. Like he he thinks that that was that was that was a, a big part of the second half, along with of course. Um, which he said kick bonus from, from Al Horvath. We've talked a lot, John, about how Rob's going to be that X factor. Like if he's healthy, they're going to win the title. If not, they won't. But White, and I've talked with Ahmed actually a lot about this. Uh, I think he actually said it before I did, our producer. White's the guy who's going to swing a lot for them too because he's settled into this groove, and he's this depth piece that's probably like the best seventh man in the NBA it's 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 pretty lopsided there in terms of like the the quality of the depth piece that he is on this team. I mean, he was just he's averaging twenty a, a game. He started more games. games than he hasn't this year. It's really strange to even call him a bench player. Um, it's it's an incredible luxury, and now he's, he's playing well. There, he's basically like a sixth starter. You know, um, it, it, it's bizarre, but yeah, I mean, 
that, uh, if Sherrod he's good, talk- if he's good, they, they're unstoppable. Sherrod and I were talking about it earlier. When you have White and Brogdon playing as well as they're playing, they're playing, they're playing at a level where they could start for any team. You know what I mean? And you've got them coming off the bench. That's an insane luxury. You do not have starter caliber players, like not just starter caliber, good starters sitting there on your bench, ready to come in and just basically just pick up right where the, and you might even argue at this point that, I mean, there's some people out there that'll tell you both of those guys are better than guys who are currently starting. Like it's, that's an insane luxury to have. And if you're getting anything out of, you're getting the best version of Grant and anything from Muscala um, in a, or Hauser knocking down shots when they need to be called upon it's there's a lot of there there's a lot of depth here when those guys because those guys are playing as well as they're playing right now uh we did want to talk about one more piece of uh sound here i wanted to play here again on the final play this is tatum um talking about um uh the 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 final play and uh, what was kind of going through his mind no we got like a routine um every time out depending on who's in the game malcolm either helps me up or grant um and Grant was right there, and I always wait for one of those two guys to help me up. And he grabbed my hand. I looked at him. I said, it's game time. We're going home. And he said, all right, let's go home. He called game. Let's go home. He called game. Let's go home. Let me, let me, let me nope. cap up the show nope. with this, John, there, because we know Tatum hates Grant at times. No, he loves him. But doesn't he seem no, to love him? him. Doesn't he seem to love him? Yeah, he loves I, him. He's I, like he's like his little brother. He that's wants what to I'm saying. So that's what yeah. I'm saying. Exactly he can't, stand, he can't yeah. stand. He can't stand him, but he loves him. And John, that's why they're gonna keep him. If he didn't, if he they'll didn't. keep him. If he take, if he get, if he if he takes the nine million he's worth now. <laughs> right. <laughs> I was gonna say if he if he didn't love him, he wouldn't even talk to him. He wouldn't give him that, that attention. But he does that out of love. That's brotherly love right there. So I talked to Grant. I talked to Grant tonight in the locker room about the the six minute thing that confused all of us, and I talked to Joe a little bit about it tonight too. Um, it's frustrating, Grant said. Especially you know if you lose a game like that, it's really frustrating. But they've talked a lot as a team, and Al talked about this tonight as well. That guys are going to have to accept stuff like that down the stretch. It's just as we said earlier in the show, too many good players. Uh, too many different matchups, too many uh, different guys overlapping positions like Hauser. Whatever it was that led them to play Hauser as much as they did last game against Indiana was a smash hit. Uh, it was just an excellent game from him, and it was the right move to play Hauser over him. They went to Hauser early in this game to see what he could give them after Grant played an extended stretch early. Two minutes. Then they went right back to Grant, and that ended up being the right call tonight too because he, he's just one of the few guys on this roster who's really equipped to handle Embiid. Same what? goes for Giannis. But they'll be a ser- – I mean, if they play Indiana round one, you might not see a lot of Grant in that series. Right, but they, 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 it was the right call not to play Hauser because, I, I, you know, you had to – you know, the ball boy had to come out with the towel to get the drool off the floor that j- was drooling on James Harden's beard when he saw that Sam Hauser was guarding him. I mean, and he it, it took him that long before he went right at him. Which I get. I would do yeah, the same. But Grant switched on to him once or twice too, and Harden had the same sort of expression. So yeah, but but, but Grant's a little bit bigger. So and when then you Grant just wrapped him, him up, you know, like exactly. Yeah. Sam's not going to wrap you up. So speaking no. of Harden, two with seven in the fourth. He's not that guy anymore. Nope. He can be. He can be. He isn't. He just. He's not. He's not that guy as often as he used to be. 
You know, he was great last game against Memphis. He still has – he can still – he's just not – again, Sherrod and I were talking about it earlier. He can, he can still be that guy, but he used to be that guy every other game, and now it's just fewer and further between. He's not a guy who's going to just dominate a playoff series and put you on his back and, and carry it. You know, he's – He's the passenger, and it's it's Embiid's team, and he's just not as lethal as he used to be. Um, and you can defend him, and Smart, we said tonight, did a good job on him, uh, staying in front of him. And, you know, he's just you, – you don't fear him the way you did, obviously, a few years ago. He's, he's far from washed. He's an outstanding player. He's just not that guy. Not, not consistently enough, you know, to, 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 like, right. take over games. Yeah. He, he, when he's, he's on, he's on. He still can. He's off of course yeah. he can, yeah. He just he just doesn't move. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, Bobby – Pointed it out, it's chilling when he doesn't have the ball in his hand. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then I killed him. Then he's dribbling into oblivion. Yep. He's not scoring off those plays. It's 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 a killer possession, and uh, yep. that really let the Celtics back into the game there. Yep. Uh, yeah. All right, guys, we're gonna wrap. What do you think? Wrap it. Yeah. Yeah, let's do it. Fun yeah. night. We keep piling these up. Fun nights, and I'm sure the Garden's rocking on Monday, so we'll be there in New York. Uh, what you as I will uh, not be there Monday. Sharon and I teach Monday night. Ah, that's right. Yeah. Yep. We're teachers. <laughs> Educators. <laughs> a lot of fun games coming up. You will you have a Nick Gelso sighting. Yeah. You guys have a break. Nah, not yet. You'll have a Nick Gelso sighting on Monday. MVP. Gelso uh, and Jimmy Toscano MVP. Monday. Uh, again, you support any of our sponsors. You get, look at this, guys. Hey. Whoa. Let's effing go. I love <laughs> that, that shirt. That yeah, is why that is why Nick is MVP. That shirt. The, I push hard for this shirt. The form yeah. is in the description of our show. If you support any of our sponsors and can show proof of it, um, put the receipt in the form. We will send you one of these t-shirts. Uh, definitely go get one. Uh, cool, fun design. Uh, you get the whole gang in there. Uh, so the Garden Report t-shirt is yours. That's our new design. We're sending some out to people now. Um, for those of you who don't or haven't already subscribed to our Celtics YouTube channel, Celtics All Access, for exclusive Celtics content. Um, and also, if you want to check this out ever, say you miss a show, you miss part of a show, you caught the tail end tonight, and you're not going to be able to watch tomorrow, you can always get the audio version, driving to work or doing whatever uh, the next day. Um, check it out, Garden Report here. There's a little, uh, you know, QVC situation there. Um, take you right to it. Uh, Garden Report post game show. We upload the audio soon after this show ends, uh, and it'll be there waiting for you, uh, probably within the hour. But certainly by the time you get up tomorrow, uh, if you want to check that out as well, uh, pass that along to all your friends and do us a favor. If you are going to check out the audio version of the show, we love ratings and reviews. Yes, it yes. really helps kind of drive us uh, up. The algorithm, the chain, whatever have you, it really is important. It sounds superficial, but if you like the show and want to pop on over and give us a good review on Apple, um, on Apple Podcast, that really actually does do a lot for us, and we do appreciate that when you do. Uh, <laughs> happy to be back. A little under the weather. I know the chat thought I was drunk or high, <laughs> <laughs> which is what people always say. I'm just really sick, but I couldn't miss this show. I thought you tapped Obviously, out. all these guys. No, I'm 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 in I'm in I'm I'm in rough shape. But thanks for hanging in there. Well, that's a great post game stuff tonight. Go check it I out. I didn't guys. want to play the hero, but yeah, go to our YouTube no, no, channel. No, this is your full, this is your flu game. game. This is your flu game, John. Right. Flu game. Like yeah, but I didn't ham it up, you know. <laughs> 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 you know. 
So. And Joe Sway and I, more to come. Celtics All Access. Yeah, yeah, man. I got plenty to break down. Stay tuned. Check that out. Go check out all the press conferences, all those guys doing work out there, getting all of our stuff, getting the interviews, getting all the inside information. <laughs> and Sherrod Blakely, uh, follow all of his stuff on his Substack. Sherrod, what's that? Oh. Uh, Sherrod.substack.com. Real simple. Sherrod.substack.com. I'll have a graphic made for next time. Ooh, that's uh, dope. I as like well. that. Yeah. That was <laughs> Again, Sorry, I actually am. I don't want to ham up the coughing, but I, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta abort. 